0: The, the problem that we thought here that we can solve is why the warehouse needs the even the seller's input because normally if it is intelligent enough as a warehouse yes. they should know what's going on on amazon
1: welcome to the K collective podcast for six seven and eight figure amazon and e-commerce sellers part of the amazing fba podcast family If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers are you wasting your cash. Eva reprices your products for you and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15 day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash EVA. That's amazingfba.com forward slash EVA. Hey, folks, we are talking about staying in stock today with Eva Guru founder, Hi Mark, a really, really basic and incredibly important thing to optimise for in your business. Really the most up to, uh, you know, what's the word, up to speed. With it, it's successful and profitable business owners in the mastermind that I work with, seven figure sellers, have really been making this conclusion for themselves after two or three years of, of really knocking this around the mastermind. It's stay in stock, stay in stock, stay in stock. has become the new mantra. And to do that, you need to use the tools at your disposal, one of which is pricing. Getting in stock from China or wherever your products are made, even if they're made more locally than that to your markets, is super hard now. Now, we all know this, but if you can control your stock going out the door at the right rate with your pricing and at the same time, really, really increase your profit margins, maybe double, treble, quadruple them if you do the right thing, then you aren't a big win. And most people just don't do this. I'm not even sure why, but they don't. So stay tuned and find out how you can do it and make yourself a tonne a ton more profit than you have been making. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Yeah, it's super smart thinking because again, what I really like about this, and hopefully there are people who, even if they don't end up using Ava for a bit anyway, maybe they'll come around to it, but there's still learnings here, which is this, that it's an asset allocation game, right? Like investors, they say that the number one determinant for somebody investing in the stock or share market of future wealth is asset allocation in other words you put a certain amount of money into gold you put a certain amount into oil you put some into stocks you put some into bonds right so and some produce a bigger return than others and that's uh kind of way of thinking that most entrepreneurs don't think in my opinion my experience rather they, they do two things number one they assume that budget is infinite which is kind of obviously not real but when they're restocking they kind of think that way and the second thing is they treat everything as equal like i've got 100 products all 100 products should be in stock there's a kind of pressure we put on ourselves right and one of the um sellers in the In the mastermind I've got, uh, I don't know, doing several million uh, dollars a year, has got, I think, 300 products on Amazon. They have thousands more off Amazon. And I challenged everyone to go and do an 80-20 analysis. And bless him, like good student, he actually did it. He came back with a graph. And I think his top 10 products are responsible for about 50% of his products. It's really skewed. And the 80-20 rule always kicks in, right? So if we're willing to embrace that reality, then that changes everything and then your system adds gasoline to the fuel as you as you say in the states and you know makes it quick and easy to do as opposed to you sit there doing a manual analysis and spreadsheet hell which i've seen a lot what, what are the other classic you said one of the areas that people make is that 95 percent don't even check which products make money which i absolutely know to be true from my conversations and work with them what are the other classic errors that people make in the sort of restocking or stock prediction stock management area that you see you know, like one
0: of the things that I, I really enjoy, Eva, is like we are not trying to limit ourselves to to, to kind of try, try to solve the, the problems with the same tools. Like, you know, we're talking about like, yes, I am the AI guy. I mean, all our people are software engineers. It's great. But here there is another issue that we, we found like six months. One of the biggest thing is that 3PL or the warehousing piece, you know, like the... You know, at the end, we expect that, you know, the sellers will, you know, push like a lot of, you know, units into a warehouse and the warehouse will feed the Amazon FBA. And that's called like the Amazon pre-planning pre, pre, pre planning or pre-FBA, you know, the pre-packaging and all that stuff. Like it's a 3PL service, right? And what we did was, first of all, you know, thinking out of the box, I thought, you know, we should open warehouses because the reason is today the, the warehouses that a lot of sellers work with, the seller needs to tell the warehouse re, so restock this item. So the assumption is the seller looks at Eva, uh, clicks to that simulate button, exports it the result to an excel sheet, and then tells the the, the warehouse guy now please send these items to Amazon because that's one way. The second way is to tell the manufacturer, and then the manufacturer will send it to the warehouse. Now, the the problem that we thought here that we can solve is why the warehouse needs even the seller's input because normally, if it is intelligent enough as a warehouse, they should know what's going on on Amazon, and when it is required, they should be already restocking the items without even asking to the private label guy. Why should the private label guy the owner of the amazon business should tell it to the warehouse guy the warehouse guy should automatically do it so we created the smart warehouse uh, concept now we are we already applied it to two of our warehouses one is in Houston Texas the other one is in Ontario California and we welcome the the private label sellers to to, to enjoy that because the prices are ridiculously cheap. I mean, that's what we wanted to do. Like We make sure that they really enjoy using a, a great warehouse service. And it is smart. Everybody knows about Amazon. No need to tell them when to restock, what to do. They take care of the returns. They take care of the restocking. Uh, if there is an FBM order, and we'll come to that as well, uh, there is another piece of that. But having a smart warehouse, having a, 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 a very smart one-click simulation with the restocking, and also having the pricing kind of controlling the uh, avoiding and delaying out of stack, I think we kind of fixed like 95% of the problem.
1: Yeah, nice. Uh, it's a very integrated system. So as you say, then you haven't got a... Uh, one of the things you put your finger on is it's just the communication burden on on us as, as business owners is immense. We've got our internal teams, we've got to deal with suppliers, probably in China, so different time zone, different culture, different you know, language and, and cultural issues. And then we've got a 3PL to manage as well. So as you say, if you've integrated uh, software with uh, stock management properly done, how much you've got, where it is, is it on the water, is it on the way, is it in China, is it in FBA, and then you've integrated that with the warehouse system, then yeah, you're actually really um, taking a lot of the burden off of the the sellers which seems to be one of your philosophies i've noticed so you mentioned fbm obviously this is uh, fulfillment by merchant is one of those things that's a bit fraught with danger i think sometimes isn't it because if you get it wrong you're not just risking annoyed uh, customers and bad reviews or bad ratings or for seller feedback you're risking account suspension aren't you so tell us how how you approach F
0: first of all it has a lot to do with the warehousing and i mentioned about california and uh, texas and we are now preparing for the new jersey delaware area and hopefully if things work fine we're going to have another one in uk it's just about like you know if we get if we see the demand if it's our large sellers are asking for such a service we'll definitely open up also in, in in close to london and make sure that you know the sellers in uk are also benefiting from that smart warehouse that they don't need to tell what to do now The next thing is, I said, we fixed 95% of the problem. But whatever you do, whatever happens, still there are issues and you may end up on the FBA side out of stock. The only way, the only way to fix that problem 100% is also to have an FBM version of your SKU. Now, I strongly suggest that each time A private label seller creates an FBA SKU. They can easily create an FBM SKU. And normally, for example, Eva decides that the FBM SKU should be priced a bit higher than the FBA version because you don't want to sell the FBM version.
1: For online sellers, nothing beats in-person learning and connecting. Join eCom Events at one of their four events throughout the USA: Miami in January, San Diego in March, Minneapolis in July, and New York City in October. The conference offers tips and tools to increase sales, food and drink, and real connections to other sellers and experts. Head over to e-com-events.com. And register today with promo code AMAZINGFBA to save $50 off your ticket cost.
0: You want to rely on the FBA version. So the FBM one is always, you know, kind of priced a bit higher than the FBA so that people don't buy it. But very interesting, then they see two, two uh, different products on the same Azen page. And we actually experience that when people see that there is a higher price version which is FPM, they buy the FBA version. The conversion goes even kind of faster because there is like another product in the same page, which is $2 more or two pounds more. And then like people just buy the FBA version. Now, if there is an FPM version, the only question then left is like, where is that stock? Like, and a lot of private label sellers, they don't want to, you know, the reason for them not to use FPM is, Because they don't want to, you know, have that problem with the, you know, another warehouse, you know, shipping and packing and sending it to the consumer directly, make sure to, you know, manage the returns and things like that. So there's another issue there. And that's why we uh, open up these warehouses in California and in Texas, because we always tell, okay, now you're going to do the FBM version and we keep a certain inventory for FBM. In case everything goes wrong, still from our Veras, we are able to fulfill the FPM orders and we can fix that problem 100%. Of course, if nothing left, like then congratulations, you sold all your stock. There is no way to restock and you are out of stock. But pretty much, you know, if you're able to apply all these solutions, I think that that problem will go away. I don't see any reasons why there will be a problem.
1: Excellent. Well, that certainly uh, yeah make, makes a lot of sense. I mean, in the end, we just have to find trusted partners. It, it reminds you of, can't remember who said it recently, but the who not how question, right? So how do I solve a problem like running an FBM warehouse, which is a huge responsibility and work versus... Who can take it off my hands reliably? So I guess that brings us really to the final question, which is what do you guys do? Uh, you you have a v- wide variety of, of uh, solutions. Obviously, we talked about repricing and stock management or replenishment. You know, warnings and and the integration between those two, which is super smart, I think. And, and that's obviously driving. I think you said like thirty percent increases in profit. You've seen. You've obviously got the warehousing as well. So you know, what else do you offer that's integrated into the package the, the standard package for Ava?
0: Well, for the private label sellers, like, you know, if they are looking for any type of uh, consulting services, we provide that too for our customers. It can, you know, it can be from SEO optimization to PPC automation or manually checking all the PPCs, auditing the account account health management feedback management so we pretty much provide a turnkey services for the private label sellers if they want to but you know we are not like I mean the, the real value of Eva is the is the platform is the the artificial intelligence that is like fueling that integrated platform Eva is not like a bunch of tools like 15 tools five tools 10 tools I mean I can come from an, an enterprise software world. I built, you know, systems like Oracle, you know, the IBM in IBM. And, you know, the key point is it's not about tools. It's about a platform approach. And I think with the aggregators, with billions of dollars coming into the Amazon space, with almost like retail becoming an extension of e-commerce rather than the other way around, e-commerce requires now this type of like EVA type of platforms. To be successful, where pricing, stocking, uh, list generation, and all these things are integrated, it's like a dynamic ERP system. It's not just the the typical ERP, but it's like very dynamic part of the ERP with all the restocking, repricing, you know, auditing the transactions, reimbursements, all that stuff. That's what we are, you know, building as a vision. But if there and then there is a requirement to make sure that the warehouse should work w- aligned with that, because otherwise, the, especially on the restocking problem, it's not a software problem. You, you cannot fix it be- okay. because you have the greatest Excel or even EVA, but you also need to fix that warehouse to work in the right way. And that's why we invested even into the warehouse.
1: It's very interesting. Actually, it reminds me of the path that Amazon took, really, because a lot of people think the Amazon warehouse is all about robots. And yes, they use robots, but apparently there are ro- there are warehouses in the e-commerce world that use more robots than Amazon traditionally has. But the artificial intelligence is very, very built into their warehouses. But what it does is, for example, tell humans the path to take through the warehouse when they're picking and packing stock and things like that. So the integration of warehousing and uh, artificial intelligence, obviously, is, is a very old one for Amazon. And you guys seem to be following the same path. Very interesting. Thing. And um, ERP, by the way, for those who don't live in the corporate world, stands for Dynamic uh, so it's Enterprise Management System, right? So in other words, it's an integrated system, not, as you say, a bunch of tools, which I think is so important to emphasize because we all know softwares, and main, naming names, which is very useful to have 10 or 15 little tools that do different jobs. But that's a completely different animal from an integrated thing, right? And I would say to anyone who's thinking about Ava or, or anything in this world and what to use and what to try out, I would say don't just go and hive off a repricer that doesn't deal with stock management because if you get got a repricer that, that doesn't deal with how much stock you've got, you're going to go out of stock and you'll make less, less profit, right? So it's really important. So if anyone wants to check it out and we've got a link from Amazing FBA, amazingfba.com forward slash Eva, v- E-V-A. And I know that, hi, you and I have cri- privately committed to this. I'm going to publicly commit us to this cheat sheet. We're creating five top stock control strategies. So I'm going to publicly commit this to that um if you're listening live it's not available yet but if you're on the podcast we'll get it done in the next couple of weeks or so if you're listening on the podcast it will be available at amazingfba.com forward slash stock control and we're going to boil it down to the real basics because um, nobody has time to read really long reports at least most of us doesn't don't so once again amazingfba.com forward slash eva Eva, uh, if you want to check out the system and get a 15-day free trial, and amazingfba.com forward slash stock control for the cheat sheet. So, hi, we covered a lot of topics today, really interesting stuff. Any final things that I should have asked you about? What what question should I put to you?
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's the key for I definitely wish uh, success to every Amazon seller. It is the right time to monetize uh, all the efforts of the year. But as the 2022 is coming and you mentioned in the beginning, you know, the profit maximization and focusing on the profits, that will be the best way for your business to make more money, but also to increase your valuations. Uh, Nobody's looking at any more non-profitable assets, you know, even on the Amazon space, although there is all these aggregators, uh aggregators hungry to uh, acquire businesses but you know they are also getting smarter every day and you need to be a very profitable company to to want if you want to sell your business or just for your own sake you know continue to be more profitable so you can invest more into your business and that's why Eva makes sense as a profit maximization platform and what i can promise if somebody spends a dollar on Eva they will get $5
1: back that's all right wow that's quite the promise i love it that so yeah, hardcore hard measurable numbers based promise to end the, the show that's really great and by the way you're absolutely right the, the i work with a lot of aggregators and i know um one of the business owners in the mask just sold his business and they are absolutely looking for decent profits. So 20% EBITDA or pre-tax profit is is the, the main metric that I hear from most serious aggregators. So if your profit margins aren't good enough, you just won't be able to sell your business. In And in that case, it kind of has much lower value. It's a little bit like a, a property or real estate. In theory, it may have a value, but if you can't sell it, it doesn't have any actual market value. So it's a really important point. And listen, a five to one return on investment, I'll take those odds every day. Great numbers. So uh, hi as ever, real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on to the 10K Collective podcast. Thank you very much for having me again. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.